When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. It's actually the penultimate Steelers War Room, um, but as we like to do on Steelers War Room, it's, the, it's Matty Peverell here, the host of this show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steelers front of us as they look to put together a winning roster in 2023 and beyond, a roster that had a winning roster in 2022, um, or a team that had a winning roster in 2022, and hopefully a roster in 23 that uh, in 2023 that we think that will compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And so, as I said in the, in the title just there, I guess, or to open the show, obviously, if you haven't caught up on it, um, Steel Curtain Network is the new name for BTSC. Um, if if you've missed a few podcasts here and there, basically, SB Nation cut a bunch of podcasts. Um, well, Vox Media, their owner, cut a bunch of podcasts. BTSC was unfortunately impacted as well. Uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com will remain a one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers for Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Um, but the, in terms of the audio shows and the YouTube shows, they're moving on to a bit of a, a new network, all the same guys. Um, but there is a change. Um, so this show, Steelers War Room, is leaving the Steel Curtain Network or the Behind the Steel Curtain Network, as it was formerly known. Um, and so is Mark Davison and my Touch Down Under uh, show uh, as well. We are we are moving to a new home. Uh, Mark and I have been thinking about this for a little while. It seemed like the right time. We wanted to ride out with the crew. Um, we're so thankful to Bad, Dave, and Jeff, um, and the rest of our like fellow podcasters that we've had on as guests. Um, it's it's been an incredible ride. Um, yeah, but Mark and I are sort of interested to see how we can go out there and do a few different things. Now, I will say, uh, last week on the show, I uh, pointed out that if you did want um, me to continue doing this on an audio side, if you're an audio listener, um, because we're going to turn a lot of this into some video content, which is pretty cool and, and sort of more short, sharp, uh, two to three to four, um, 15, 10 to 15 minutes. So yeah, anywhere between two and four, depending on the week. Uh, 15, 10 to 15 minute episodes, which will then bundle together for every two I do and put them on the audio side because they're going to be daily. So you'll get something at least every Wednesday, every week for war room related, and you'll probably get more content than that. Um, but I did send, I did make the, did the call out and said, if you wanted audio, please email me. Well, one of your fellow audio listeners definitely did do that. I had a couple of emails come through from a few others as well. Um, they said, please keep the audio side. So. Um, whilst we definitely want you to keep listening to the Steel Curtain Network and all the shows they do, um, I will say that we will have this show available on Spotify, Anchor, um, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Um, there's no audio up there right now. I think Apple's still processing it, but the channel's definitely there for Apple um, and for Spotify. It's simply Steelers TDU. If you search that, um, it should come up. It's all caps for the TDU or a capital letter for the S. Um, but you should just be able to type the letters and bring it up. Um, I know we've got a couple of subscribers on both. They're just starters. There's a welcome three-minute podcast, definitely on Spotify and Anchor. Um, but I, and hopefully by the time this goes to air, the Apple will have it too. And then so the YouTube channel, 
is a Steelers touchdown under. Um, and you just literally should type, be able to type that into YouTube and pull it up. Um, so from the 28th onwards, all war and content, all TDU content um, will be available via that YouTube channel and those two Spotify channels. Like, subscribe. That's what we want you to do. Um, obviously, still still stay listening to Steel Curtain Network as well. Um, and there's be starting to, you'll start to see some content appear on some of those channels over the next couple of weeks as we gear up to fully move over. All right, enough of that. Um, let's get into today's show. So today's show, originally I'd planned, and I did promise last week um, that we do my top 75 big board, my 25 or so players for days one, two, and three. More ranking the days than the rounds because I think there's guys that are definitely day one. Particularly this this year, it's interesting. There's probably, depending on who you, which draft expert you listen to, there's somewhere between 10 and about 18 genuine first rounders if you if you had these this cohort with other first rounders from previous years so there's going to be 14 to 15 picks in this draft that are going to be very team specific or it's going to be really about how they scouted the grades or it's like you're picking the best from a bad bunch um it is a perfect draft to trade back and i'm usually always for that including this draft however the steelers rarely pick as high as 17 so that's kind of where i don't see them trading out of that spot unless they get a really good offer. And that'll depend, I think, on the probably the third and the fourth quarterbacks um, available in terms of uh, Will Levis and and um, Anthony Richardson. I think depending on how they're sitting and how their draft process works, I think that's going to really change things up. So for today's show, because I'm not going to do those top 75, I'm going to see them for, la- for next week, a last show. I think that'll be episode like 104 anyway, which means we did two full years of of War Room, which is something really exciting. And War Room will continue, just be somewhere else. Um, I, I thought instead we'll do the 75 to close out next week's show. And I need to spend a little bit more work on, on moving some players between days two and three. That's been pretty hard so far. So what I thought I'd do is DJ announced his top 50 um, end of Jan, so a couple of weeks ago. And I've sort of been looking at that. I've been looking at the draft network and it's kind of an interesting, it's sort of interesting to see where people are rating what players. Um, and this is when you start to get a bit different. Um, I've heard a couple of, I watched a couple of ESPN videos on YouTube around what Mel Kuyper has been saying. He doesn't love the draft, but he is high on a couple of the quarterbacks. Um, I'm, I'm not, but you know, but Mel Kuyper has been doing this a lot more than I have, a lot longer than I have, and he gets paid a lot more than I do for it. So, um, that, that's his opinion. It is what it is. But what I thought I'd do, still speaking 17, I thought we'd look at 17 players from DJ's top 50. Now, he'll release a couple more top 50s. Usually does three. He does a 150 three or four days before the draft. Last year, he said it was really interesting. He sort of had 120 top players, and then the 30, he probably had, I think he said he had something like, 40 to 50 players to go into 30 spots. Bucky Brooks did the same. Um, so kind of interesting from in how they developed that. The Steelers generally pick four or five guys from that that 150 as well. Um, and particularly if you look at last year between Calvin Austin, um, DeMarvin Leal, George Pickens, and Kenny Pickett, like they're all in there. Um, so, and the year before, I think they had three guys as well. So in Freemuth, um, Harris, and I think... Dan Moore might have been in there. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to remember back to um no Kendrick Green was. Kendrick Green was, sorry. Um so yeah, they're three. Maybe Dan Moore was two toward the end. They might have got four guys in there again. So this is pretty relevant for us. So I look through. Um I now I'm gonna go in order of the actual prospect. 
So the first prospect we're going, this is kind of a consensus one, um, is Bijan Robinson is number four on DJ's top 50. Uh, and then he's number three on the draft networks, you know, top TDN top 100. So you've sort of been living on a rock if you don't know, kind of know if you've been following the draft and you don't know who Bijan Robinson is. Plays my Texas Longhorns, um, or the team that I support. Now, it's weird to pick him. And it's funny, I saw literally before I did this podcast, I saw a video with Deke picking him in the Steelers draft um, as well. But but Bijan Robinson, I got him there because if there's any questions about Harris that we don't know about, and he's sitting there at 17, he's a rare talent there. I mean, people, there are some scouts have been apparently saying around the league, he is a Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, uh, Barkley style player as a running back, um, you know, probably having watched him for long ones, I wouldn't say he's a Camaro, um, but he he can learn to get there. Uh, he's not a bad route runner. I just think he's got a little bit more to do in that receiving game. I put him there because if you're sitting there at 17, it's not the most shocking decision in the world. I mean, you're probably more likely to pick Bijan Robinson at 17 than you probably are to pick Casey Hampton at like, I think it was 13 off the top of my head. So, um, you know, okay, I'll just, I would just say that. So this, as I said, and then, you know, he's number three on the draft network. So he's up there. He's a junior out of Texas. He is an absolute gun. Every time he gets the ball, he, he doesn't mean goes forward. He'll be an absolute top tier, but I don't think I'm not saying this is the guy they're going to pick. I'm just saying out of all the top 50, I'm picking 17 prospects that could make a difference for the Steelers. And that could be that Bijan could do that. Yes. You're probably trading, trading Najee, um, to a very much a win now team. Uh, but you know, that's the NFL. We have we don't know what we're operating in in an Omar Karnoff season alone. We've never had that before. Last year, um, Kevin Cobalt was still around. The next player on the list is a guy called Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Now, Dalton Kincaid is an interesting one. So he's number 42 on the TDN top 100. Now, TDN tend to, I feel, like they're picking players at the moment based on where they think they'll be drafted because they do their, their ratings and they also do um, that like they're out of a hundred. They also do their ratings based on um, who's going to fill out that first round. Cause like when listening to them, they've talked about how hard it is to fill the first round as well. They were talking about that much before the NFL media, general NFL media um, have, you know, those, those ones that I was saying between the 10 to 18 back in like October, the guys from the draft network were saying there's not really 32 bona fide first rounders. There never is, but they didn't say there was even like 22, 23, 24. Um, that, you know, there's kind of 12 to 14. But Dalton Kincaid, like, if it's interesting because Michael Mayer, um, the tight end, he's listed at 26 in DJ's list. He's not in my top 17. I've got Dalton Kincaid because Whilst he might be the ninth best prospect, according to DJ right now, and we're pre-combine, so you've got to take some of this with a grain of salt and pro days and what have you. Um, I, I do think he's a really good player. And I think particularly if you look at that 32nd pick, if they go, what's the Matt Canada offense look like? Um, we need someone to be able to help Freemuth, who's got to do it all and get concussions and you know be able to build this sort of tight end set. I think that's pretty interesting. So, I know I didn't go into the the full prospect of um, you know Bijan Robinson, but I think he speaks for itself. But Kincaid is a highly productive tight end with exceptional quickness, according to DJ. Route polish and run after the catchability. A Utah who typically lined up flexed in the slot. He's explosive in his release and is a sm- smooth, fluid route runner. He gets up on the toes of defenders before snapping off his route 
and creating separation. He taps the ball with his hands and can hold on after taking a hard after taking hard contact. After the catch, he has burst, wiggle, and strength to break tackles. In the run game, he's more of a shield-off blocker than a physical people mover. Overall, Kincaid is a more explosive version of Zach Ertz coming out of college. Now that's a pretty good uh yeah, that's a pretty good summation of Dalton Kincaid. Um, Draft Network have him at 70 receptions in 2022, 890 yards, 8 TDs, average of 12.714. They have him at 6'4 and 240 pounds. Uh, that should seem about right to me, uh, but I'm interested to see what happens at the combine, whether he starts to really focus on that blocking, uh, whether they are just focusing on flexing him out. I'm also interested to see what he actually weighs at the combine uh, in some of these athletic um, reps. Now they compared him to Greg Dolchich. I kind of, I kind of see the more Zach Ertz when I've seen a little bit of tape from him. Um, but yeah, I think he'd be an interest. He's an interesting beast if Steelers do want to go down that offensive route. All right, all right. I'm going to be controversial. I did not put Jordan Addison on this list. I do not think a wide receiver is a Ideal. Now he is in there in my top seventy-five. I will say that, but I had to pick. I, I try and pick twenty-five day players or minimum of twenty players each day. Uh, I like to usually go heavier in the day two and day three because you're going to have more picks. Um, but Jordan Addison is in that list. He's not in the seventeen players I'm looking at for the top fifty. You, Steel fans, you know who this guy is. You know he's from Pitt. Um, then he went over to USC. I'm not. I'm not going to cover him. I don't think he's. Yeah, I, I just I don't think he's someone you already know about him, so there's no point in me bringing him up as 17 plays to look out for from DJ's top 50. All right, moving on. Uh, the next guy on my list, I've not put Paris Johnson either, so that's kind of going to be interesting for some Steel fans because I do think he will go in the top 10 for one of the teams looking for an O-lineman, so I, I did leave him out. Again, in my top 70, he will definitely be there in my day one, guys. Um, when I do the top sort of 75 guys over three days. But yeah, left him out of this list because I, I don't think he'll be realistically there at 17. So the next guy that I, that I did want to uh, point still fans out to is Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, Sophomore Jones is a, according to DJ, uh, Jones is a thick muscular left tackle uh, with ideal strength and power. In pass pro, he operates out of a square stance. He's aggressive to close the space in his pass set, getting his hands on defenders early in the down. He gets beat up field on occasion, but uses his length and quickness to recover. I like that because in the NFL, he's going to have to adapt quickly, uh, particularly in his first year against experienced, um, you know, rush defenders. Um, he's shown the ability to sink his weight and bend his knees and play with balance. In the run game, he takes excellent angles working up to the second level and his foot speed jumps off the film when he's used as a puller. I like that the Steelers like to pull offensive linemen. That's good news for the for Steel fans. He does have trouble adjusting in space because he's too aggressive. He has the upper power to turn and talk defenders over his face at the point of attack. Overall, Jones get better every week uh, through the college season. I feel like his best football is ahead of him. That's what you want. You want a guy on the up. Um, so I loved I loved seeing that from da- Daniel Jeremiah. I think Broderick Jones is a real guy out there. I know we're going to talk about Dewan Jones a little bit later in this. Um, as well, but I did think um, that, you know, I did think Broderick Jones is definitely one, um, you know, for the Steel fans to look out for. And the Draft Network had him at 6'4", 310 pounds. They have him at 85 overall. That gives him a first-round value starting left tackle. He was number 12 for them. So very similar comparison there. All right. 
The next guy on the list is Joey Porter Jr. Now, again, not a surprise to Steeler fans. I'm going to have this guy on the list. If they're going to go cornerback, he's one of the couple of options um, besides Gonzalez. Now, Joey Porter's number 13 with the draft network, number 16 with DJ. Uh, DJ's summation of him, he's got elite size, length, and speed for the position. He's at his best in press coverage where he can use his rare arm length to reroute wideouts. He's fluid when he opens up, but it's more build-up speed than urgent sudden quickness. In off coverage, he trusts his eyes and closes the distance with his long stride. He has a great feel for working around pass catches to poke the ball away. He didn't get any interceptions this past fall, but according to PFF, he only gave up one play of 15-plus yards. He's a reliable rap-drag tackler in space. He doesn't play with the same ferocity as his famous father, but he's plenty tough enough for the position he plays. Overall, Porter should be a day-one starter capable of matching up with the bigger wideouts around the league. Now, that's kind of the thing with him. It's less about the speed, which is why I think his combine is going to be really interesting. That's where you could see his draft stock really go upwards. 2022 season, the draft network have him at 21 tackles, no interceptions, no pass defense. I did think he had a couple when I looked through PFF um, and no TDs either. Um... He did, they have him at 6'2", 195 pounds. I think that's about where away. I think he'd be like 182 and then six foot two and a half ish um, They talk about him being press man, heavy defensive scheme, system fit. Uh, they compare him to Mar- Marlon Humphrey. Now, I'm happy with that. Steelers can bring him Marlon Humphrey. I'm very happy with that. Um, and they talk about him being a perimeter quarterback. But that's Joe Porter Jr., someone familiar to Steelers fans. Um, and there we go. We'll move on to the next guy. All right. So the next player, and I'm doing these to say ranked on DJ's top 50, is Christian Gonzalez. Now, he's the cornerback out of Oregon. And he's a lot of people had him a couple of weeks back, sort of consensus best cornerback um, in the draft. Now, some people are on the Witherspoon train. So DJ says he's a tall, fluid cornerback with excellent ball skills. He's a physical and press coverage, but can easily flip his hips and stay in position down the field. He does a nice job finding and playing the ball when his back is to the quarterback. He has excellent hands to attack and take the ball away. In off coverage, he isn't super twitchy on his plant and drive. He's more of a smooth mover than a dynamic, explosive closer. He's very willing and physical tackle against the run. That's what we want. Not a lot of quarterbacks want to tackle. That's the difference maker. And the Steelers' cornerback coach, Having a mental blank, um, last name Garmore, whatever it is, who was who was on the de- defensive team um, for one of the, I think it was the national team at the Senior Bowl. He talked about the Steelers wanting cornerbacks and defensive backs that can tackle. So Gonzalez not afraid to tackle against the run. Um, overall, Gonzalez gave up some plays early in 2022, but he improved throughout the year and should be a day one starting quarterback and a quality one at that. Now, the Draft Network have Christian Gonzalez at number six on their prospects, Prospects number six, with four pass defenses, four interceptions, 35 tackles. They have him at six, four, and 215 pounds, so a much bigger guy. Um, the only reason for concern with them is his play strength. I find that interesting when you're six foot four and 215 pounds, but let's see what he comes in at the combine. Um, that's going to be the interesting thing to see, what he weighs in at, what his height is. Uh, and, and how fast he is. They compared him to Patrick Satane the second. I, to me, I prefer him to Joey Porter Jr. Uh, now I was on a Keely Ringo train for most of the season and now he's not even in the players in the top 50 that I'd be wanting to talk about. Um, so he's gone way out of my list. Uh, I thought he, yeah, he really found a way to play himself out of contention in my mind if I was the, the GM or the scouts. 
But Christian Gonzalez, uh, very interesting player. I think he'll go off the board quite early. I'd be I'd be surprised to see him at 17. But if he's there or Joey Porter, yeah, for me, I'm picking um I'm picking uh, Christian Gonzalez. Uh that's that's my preference there. But the Steelers do like and value family in the NFL and all those sorts of things. So we'll see. The next guy on the list is Lucas Van Ness. Now I had him definitely on my radar. I had him in my top 50 before I started to see. I think Pittsburgh Post get a Gazette or Locked On or one of those one of those ones did a big focus on him being the replacement or new sidekick of Cam Haywood. I don't mind Van Ness. I think he's an option. I don't see him at 17. I see him as a 32nd, you know, pick player potentially, or even if you can get him later in the second round. I think the problem with him is I don't think he's going to weigh in heavy enough. I think he's going to be in that 260 to 270 range. I'd be happier with like a 290. Then he can get a bit bigger. But, you know, the Steelers usually develop the defensive lineman. But I'm kind of like, why are we picking someone at 17 that can't start or be a significant contributor more than what the Marvin Liao was, even discounting the inju- injury this year. Like, why would you do that? Especially with such an early important pick when you can fix the cornerback position or the tackle position. So, or at least you hope you can. Um, so they have him on the draft network range 47. DJ says he's a powerful offensive lineman with the versatility to stand up on the edge or play in, slide inside and play over the guard. He's excellent at claps in the pocket with his bull rush, getting his hands inside and driving opponents back with ease. He flashes a chop move and rip move that needs to develop a more diverse diverse (laughs) repertoire. Against the run, he has very strong hands to stack blocks on the front side, and his effort-speed combination helps make him plays from the backside. For some reason, he didn't start at Iowa. That doesn't make sense. Overall, he has ideal traits, and his best football is ahead of him. I wonder if a team's thinking he'll be a big edge defender in a 4-3. And that, again, that's the that's the one knock I have is you don't want to put on that weight. Um, they have him driving or having seven sacks, nine quarterback hits, seven tackles for a loss, 14 tackles. They have him at 6'5 and 269. Um, as I said, that's, that's 260 to 270 range. But the draft process is not conducive generally to putting on weight and like he doesn't weigh in at like 280 plus. I don't see the Steelers fit, particularly at least with pick number 17. And that's what this show's about. 17 prospects within the top 50, um, you know, for the Steelers having, you know, picking number 17 in the draft. All right, move on to the next guy on my list. We're starting to crack through these. Brian Branch is the next guy out of Bama. He's a cornerback. Now, some people had him as a safety. He's a slot cornerback. Interesting in how this is framed. Because Brian Branch, if you look at the draft network, he's ranked, I think he's number 18, no, 16, 16. Um, they have him as safety. DJ and Bucky, if you do, don't regularly listen to them, they talk about the slot cornerback being a whole separate position in the NFL. Um, and teams are starting to prioritize that. And there's a different play, particularly with how much scheme, you know, sub-package schemes teams are playing, including the Steelers. Uh, and this is where I think it could be a real asset for the Steelers. And we look at how Cam Sutton's developed in, in that role as well. I don't see it fully at 17. I do see it 32. That's why I wanted to bring him in here um, because it'll be interesting to see whether he's picked up before we can actually go in and pick him. Um, but he was playing slot cornerback for the Crimson Tide. He's outstanding against the run. Key to, according to DJ, quick to key and fill for tackles. 
Um, he can use his quickness to slip blocks and make plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage as well. He's an outstanding blitzer, showing timing and burst to generate pressure. He's fluid in coverage and consistently stays in phase with his man. There are times when he can get out muscle at the catch point, but he's rarely out of position. He's taken some reps on the outside, but doesn't look as comfortable there. He's just better in the middle of the action. He's excellent on special teams, collecting tackles on kick coverage and possessing the ability to return punts if needed. Um, he's had a return TV TD before against Louisiana Monroe. Overall, he's an immediate starter at the nickel and provides value on all four downs. The draft network have him with two interceptions, two pass defense, 52 tackles. They have him at 5'11, 215 pounds. To me, this is a big, muscly, more experienced, probably more skillful Mike Hilton coming out of college. It's just is this with the Steelers having such a young team and having aging guys in key positions? Can you afford this guy? Like this is a luxury pick for a uh, maybe like a Bills, a Chiefs, a um, I wouldn't call I wouldn't say Ravens, but a 49ers, um, an Eagles potentially. This is a guy that's going to really complement a team and help them get better in a key position. I just don't see that at 17. But if the Steelers trade back and start getting picks, this is a guy that starts to come into the conversation. Again, comes in the conversation if they go tackle at 32, you might go get this guy because you think you've got other guys that can start on the outside. Again, this is the sort of guy that will really depend on what the Steelers do in free agency as well. If we don't retain Sutton, then he's this is a guy you definitely go up for. Maybe you trade up from 32 to go and grab him as well. All right, we're not going to talk about Michael Mayer at 26. I, I, I want to talk about a couple of other prospects there. I don't. I think my, Michael Mayer will be off the board sooner than uh, 26. So the next guy on my list is... Actually, we'll take a break here on Steelers Warren because I've been going almost 20 minutes. It's going to be a bit of a long podcast. Um, so we'll take a break. During part two, we'll crack through the other players pretty quickly um, and we'll kick off with Will McDonald before. We're back on Steelers War Room. So, as I said, we, we're doing these top 17 players because the Steelers are picking 17 or 17 players to watch out for in DJ's top 50. I, Will McDonald, the fourth, if you heard anything about Senior Bowl, you heard how much he how explosive he was. Uh, Will McDonald, as I said, ranked number 29 uh, in DJ's top 50. And they have him all the way at, I think he's outside the top 50. For Will McDonald for the Giraffe Network. I've just lost him. Will Levis, Will Anderson, Will Levis, Matt Williams. Yeah, he's outside. Yeah, they have him outside the top TDM top 100 right now, um, which is pretty interesting, I think. Uh, you know, some people have seen him in the third and fourth round. I've seen higher. Um, then DJ's talking in the top 50. This is where you start to get a guy that's starting to split out. So we'll go off DJ. DJ says an undersized, undersized edge rusher with excellent bend and closing ability. He played defensive end in Iowa State's three-man front, often aligning on the inside shoulder of the offensive tackle. This isn't ideal for someone with his size and skill set because he's more of a hit for the Steelers. He'd be more of like a, a linebacker. 
so depth for Highsmith and Watt. When he's loosened up on the edge, he's more natural and disruptive. He's an explosive first step and uses his hands to control the, the wrists of blockers before dipping and ripping around the outside shoulder. He's very fluid. He flashes some power, but his game is more speed-based. Against the run, he presses out blocks and plays bigger than his size. Overall, McDonald needs to add weight, but he has the tools to be a disruptive pass rusher at the next level. I see him as a great pick at 49 for the Steelers. And I'm kind of surprised because the next guy on our list uh, is Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. And I'm surprised that DJ has him at 30, but the draft network have him at 29. Um, so that kind of interests me that they were they were there. Again, Nisa guy at 32. I think linebacker is a key position to get for the Steelers. People know I'm on Drew Sanders. He's listed on this as number 33. We've covered him on other shows, so I'm not going to go into that. I think he's 41 on the TDN um, top 100. So from that perspective, we're not going to cover him, but I've, I have mentioned him. He is in the 17. But Trenton Simpson, uh, we did briefly discuss him on a warm a few weeks back, but he's a tall, twitched-up, off-the-ball linebacker. He's excellent in man coverage. He's got the speed and agility to mirror tight ends all over the field. He isn't as reliable when dropping into zone coverage. He's late to react, but his speed helps cover it up most of the time. He's an excellent blitzer and closes in a hurry. Also, Simpson is effective when spying the quarterback. Once he decides to go, he's a blur. Against the run, he's at his best when he can see from outside the box. He will get lost in the trash inside the box on occasion. Overall, I wish Simpson was a little more instinctive inside, but his speed and athleticism should translate well to the next level. I think the Steelers can teach that. But this is pretty damning from DJ when I compared it to... Well, not damning, but it's definitely a different discussion to what I compared it to with the Draft Network when I read that to you guys a few weeks back. However, however, they had him talking about him a lot more as an edge guy, um, six foot three, two hundred thirty five pounds. But they called him an off football linebacker. They called him a nickel linebacker. But they did sort of say he was really good on like rushing guys. They compared him to Jeremiah Arusakoma, um, or JOK, who's with the Browns. Um, I think this is, as I say, a guy maybe for 32, uh, but as I say, 17 from the top 50 to watch out for um, for DJ. So, yeah, it's just definitely a versatile guy. I think the Steelers being able to use him in multiple multiple different positions, multiple different scheme fits, that's where I like it for the Steelers, um, and that's why he's on my list. All right, the next guy we move on to is Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle. We've talked about him before in War Room as well. DJ ranks in 32. Uh, the draft network rank him in at 57. So big difference there. You know, the Steelers spoke to him at the senior bowl. In short, as, uh, as DJ's described him, he's a massive right tackle prospect. Prospect, sorry. He looks like, lacks ideal foot quickness in pass protection, but does a nice job of staying square and staying patient. That's good. At least not damn more falling to the ground. Defenders get into, into his chest, but he's able to absorb and stop their charge because he has so much mass and power. He is late with his punch, but once he catches on, the play is over. He more than held his own against Alabama's Will Anderson Jr. in the run game. He leans on his opponent and creates movement despite playing too high. He has success at the second level where he can stay on one track. He struggles to redirect in space, though. Overall, Wright isn't a special athlete, but his blend of size and power gives him a chance to be a stable starting right tackle at the next level. Now, Steelers talked about moving him over because that's where he played in his first few years of college, particularly before he transferred over to Tennessee. Um, I'm interested to see where they might want to do things. I think the cool thing that I would say is they've compared him to Cordy Glenn on the draft network, so that gives you an idea um, of how he plays. 
and they have him at 6'5", 330 pounds. Uh, their top reasons to buy in, experience at both, both tackle positions, hand technique and length, functional strength and patience and pass protection. They t- DJ talked about that too. I think that's a really big deal, that patience. Um, and they said the top reasons con- concern range in the run game, parallel there. Modest footstep and tightness in the lower half. Again, DJ talks about that. Bend and leverage. So it's there's some comparisons there. Again, this is why he's sitting there at 32, exactly where he's ranked. For D- DJ, you're going yeehaw. All right, the next guy on my list is Drew Sanders. I briefly mentioned him before. We've covered him on Warren before. If you missed that, go back two shows ago. We talked about him. I'm going to talk about him more in the up into the draft process. Um, he's in my top 75. We'll mention him next week. And if you continue to, if you subscribe to Steel's TDU on Spotify, Anchor, or, or um, Apple, you'll hear me talk more about Sanders. Um, if you're going to watch us on YouTube as well, it's Steel's Touchdown Under. I'm going to talk about him as well. I'm going to show, try and show some clips or at least really pull up some of his profile. Really interesting player for me. All right, the next guy is another guy we've talked about on Warham a lot, and that's Steve Avila or Steve Avila out of TCU. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, have been since very early on in the season. Uh, just, I just think Steve's a great player. I think he did a lot for TCU. I think he really helped them um, in terms of this year and, and the performances. Now, interestingly, it's not coming up for in the top 100 for TDM, which is very weird because they've got other TCU guys there. Uh, really? They don't have him as a top 100? I thought he was in the top 100. Okay, they do not have Steve Avila in the top 100 for the draft, which I find very odd. Um, yeah, very odd. But I think he's definitely, I like the inside interior O-line um, position he can play. He did do some stuff at center at the senior ball. I do think that's where he offers the Steelers some potential there um, as well. But he's a physically, according to DJ, physically imposing guard prospect with quick feet and power. In pass protection, he's quick out of his stance, chops his feet and delivers a strong two-hand punch. He anchors easily and looks for work when he's uncovered. He's very aware and has a nasty streak. In the run game, he runs his feet on contact and drives opponents off the line of scrimmage. He does a good job staying in touch to blocks. If he loses his hand placement, he's quick to replace and recover. He is a sudden, he is sudden as a puller and can unload when he stays on a single track. Again, Talk about pulling interior alignment. Steelers did that a heat with Pouncey. He has some issues when he has to adjust and redirect his feet in space. Overall, I love the size and temperament Avila possesses. He's going to be a solid starting guard right away at the next level. Perfect. Swapping out the the Dotson. Dotson becomes a depth piece um, before before he becomes a free agent in 2024. All right, we're cracking through them. Next guy is Osiris Torrance. Uh, now he's well touted inside interior offensive lineman out of Florida, a young, uh, well, I haven't seen younger. Everyone keeps telling me he's a young guy. Um, it's funny to sort of see that, but, uh, Torrance is someone that had a first round grad name and he sort of sort of slipped out of the pack. He's 56, um, the 56 list on the draft network, 37 for DJ. DJ describes him as a massive offensive guard with ideal instincts and play strength and pass protection. He can bend his knees and play with balance. He's an immediate anchor and provides plenty of space for his quarterback to climb up in the pocket. He has strong hands to latch control. He's very aware versus twists and stunts. In the run game, he can create movement with defenders over his nose and has surprising quickness to reach out and cut off foes. He's quick to the second level, but he struggles to redirect and adjust in space. 
That should improve. He can drop 10 to 15 pounds. Yeah, I think he's like 340, 337. Uh, teams that want to run downhill and create a firm interior in the past game will really appreciate Torrance. I don't know if Torrance is going to be there at 32, but I do think he'd be overpicked at 17. That's what I will say. He's sitting there at 49. You have to grab him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it depends if you grabbed, you know, an interior offensive line on like Avila before that. But um, yeah, Sirens Torrance is definitely there. I, the reason I've got him on my list, because a lot of Steeler fans might be aware of him already, is I just think he's a guy that re- a strong combine could make this guy a lot of money and make him a, get him into day one and not being in day two. All right. The next guy on my list I have is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Now, he was mentioned on Steelers Touching Under this week. I love that. I wish I could credit off the top of my head the person that suggested that. I'm a big fan of Zay Flowers, have been for ages. I'm on season two with him and Madden. He's just scored 11 touchdowns for me. Um, he's ranked 40, 41 with DJ, 49, um, like Donna Jeremiah, 49 on the draft network. Um, Zay Flowers is someone... Now, I don't see the Steelers picking him even at 32, maybe at 49, unless DJ, as in Deontay Johnson, moves on. Um, or they don't like Miller as much as they, we think they do. They obviously can't keep Boykin. Garner, I don't think, is contributing for them. Um, and there's no other wide receiver they like in round in the later rounds of the draft, particularly early day three. Um, but Zay Flowers had 1,077 yards, 12 TDs, 13 yards average reception, 78 receptions. Um, so, yeah, 13.8 yards per reception, just in case I'm, I just said that wrong. Uh, they have him at 5'11", 172 pounds. DJ describes him as undersized wideout. There you go, the 172 pounds. But has outstanding quickness, ball skills, and production. He took the majority of his reps outside, but he's also very productive in the slot. Jeez, he sounds like Deontay Johnson. Um, and remember, Deontay Johnson only has a $5.8 million um, dead money cap hit if they move him on, and they could get more picks, right? They could get more picks with him, or they could get a lockdown corner or a proven starter on the offensive line. Um, he does everything full speed. He has very good feel working in zones. He has strong hands to extend for the ball or reach back and pluck it off his back hip. He tracks the deep ball with ease. He's outstanding on jet sweeps because of his quickness and making this ability. Overall, his only flaw is his lack of size and bulk, but he reminds DJ of T.Y. Hilton. Big fan of Zay Flowers, I am. All right. Then the next guy is Deontay Banks out of Maryland. And I do have him. I got, and most of these guys are all in my top 50 uh, and top 75 as well. Deontay Banks at 42 is an interesting player. The reason why I've got him, I haven't seen much of him. I, I will be straight up on that. I don't think he's in the top. No, he's not in the top 100 for the draft network. I've got him because he's a junior out of Maryland. We know Tomlin's kids went to Maryland, or one, at least one of them, Dino, was at Maryland. We know the Steelers have picked out of there in recent years. They might like him. And the reason why is when you read Daniel Jeremiah's profiling. He's got excellent height, bulk, and length. Now, remember, if they don't pick cornerback at 17, this, this guy comes up in early second round, um, or even at 49. He's very physical in press coverage, routinely staggering and rerouting wide receivers. He has average change of direction skills when he has to flip and open up. Okay, that's a, that's a bad mark. He does a nice job of staying on top versus go balls and can locate the ball in the air. That's helpful for the Steelers. In off coverage, he's a little high in his pedal and waist steps in his plant and drive. But to see his competitiveness, watch his block PAT against Ohio State that was returned for a two-point conversion. He doesn't take plays off. He's a physical and reliable tackler in space. Overall, while he doesn't have ideal fluidity, he's tough and possesses ball skills. 
That's the sort of guy you want to add, particularly if they go get a savvy veteran and they get a day one starter, a lockdown cornerback um, in free agency. I have heard that, you know, there was a rumor last week around Marcus Peters. This is a great guy to put in as number three as a cornerback. Um, so, yeah, that's why I put him on my list. He's not someone I love, but he seems like a bit of a Steelers-style pick. The next guy is Brian Breesy. Now, Brian Breesy is someone that was like, he's had a bit of a DeMarvin Leal situation in terms of falling back. The draft network have him as their ninth best prospect in this draft. Um, interior defensive lineman. DJ has him at 43 out of Clemson. I think, again, combine, his height, weight, and speed will be big. They have him at 6'5 on the draft network, 300 pounds. Uh, they have him stats. They haven't pulled up. It's interesting. They don't have his stats sitting there. He's, they haven't updated, I think, his um, – yeah, I don't think they've updated his prospect uh, stat sheet. But anyway, he has ideal height and bulk for the position, according to DJ. He moved up and down the line of scrimmage in Clemson's scheme. Against the pass, he generates pressures on slants and is an effective looper in pass rush games. He has some shock in his hands but stalls out too often once he's engaged. He has some hip and ankle tightness. Against the run, he shows block awareness and utilizes his quick hands to keep blockers off his chest. Uh, he looked – Gassed at times um, this off-season, sorry, this past season, um, which was likely the result of high snap counts while still recovering from injury. Overall, Breesy flashes on tape, but he needs to be more consistent. Yeah, this is the kind of the thing, like, they, Drive Network talked about his natural ability and what he did well, but then they sort of said some of the issues with him were durability concerns, pad-level consistency, taking less than fewer than 500 snaps, there's just, I think, this is it. This consistency is the key question. Um, but if that slips him to like a 32, that's really big for the Steelers, particularly if they go get their cornerback or their offensive tackle um, in round one. And again, that depends on what they do in free agency. All right, the final two guys on the list, final two guys on the list are uh, Cody... Yeah, they have him at five. Cody Mork out of North Dakota State. He looked really good last week. He was a winner out of the Senior Bowl that I did talk about um, in Cody Mork. He's 63 on the Giraffe Network's list. Dan Jeremiah, he played all over the line at Senior Bowl as well. I did talk about him, but um, they sort of said, I had him as the like, surprise power player of the week. But DJ describes him as an excellent athlete. He plays with balance and awareness in pass protection. He pops out of his stand, stays square, and sinks his weight. At North Dakota State, um, his tape showed him effortlessly sliding and mirroring opponents. Defenders get to his chest on occasion. There is some concern about his lack of length. I thought he was pretty long at the senior ball. Um, that might be a reason he kicks inside in the NFL. Okay, there you go, from tackle to, to guard, which is probably where I think he'll play guard center. Um, although he was able to anchor and settle against FCS competition. In the run game, he's got a powerful inside arm to uproot defenders, and he looks to finish them to the ground. He's excellent working up to the second level. Um, and redirecting and adjusting to moving targets. He smothers linebackers overall. I think March or Mock might need some time to adjust to NFL competition, but he should settle in as a solid starter somewhere along the offensive line. You know what? When I was going through him again today, when I was having a quick look at some of the, the profiles of him, and the drive that we talk about easy movement skills, lateral agility, toughness and play temperament, and balance is their top reasons to buy in. The top reasons for concern were length, lack of knockback power in his lower half, hand placement and pass protection. That him at 6'6", I just thought the versatility reminded me of a Matt Filer. 
And that worked for the Steelers across tackle and guard. And it's worked a little bit like apart from his injuries um, for the for LA Chargers as well. So to me, he's a bit of a Matt Filer type in terms of that versatility. All right, the final guy on my list is a guy called Davis Allen, who I have ranked a bit higher than a top 50 prospect. Um, he's not in the top 100, interestingly enough, uh, for the TDN 100, which I think is a miss. Um, and I also think he's someone that is off the radar. I was very happy to see DJ talk about him um, because I think he's one of the better tight ends in this draft. And I think he'll go, he'll start, start skyrocketing on people's boards. I've had seen him in some mock drafts at like round six and round seven. Um, but he's a tall range of tight end with a big catch radius. He was a pleasant surprise on tape, according to DJ. I agree. He is a smooth, easy mover who understands how to set up defenders as a route runner. He creates separation as a natural catcher. He always frames the ball beautifully away from his body. He can climb the ladder to make plays above the rim. I love that. That's really big for the Steelers. Again, this guy at 49, it'd be really nice to back up, um, you know, two second round good tight ends in, in three years. Um, but he really climbs the ladder to make plays above the rim. He has burst after the catch and flashes the ability to break tackles. A wall off shield blocker in the run game. He gets in the way and shows effort. I love that. I love that. That sounds a bit better than Dalton Kincaid. Overall, Allen has tremendous upside and is an underappreciated weapon in this position group. Underappreciated is what we want to hear because that means he might be underappreciated when it comes to the picks. And again, if you can get there at 49 or let's say even slips to the third round, I really like a guy like Davis Allen. So with that, we're going to wrap up this week's Steelers War Room. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm really, it's really sad to be leaving BTSC or the Steel Curtain Network now. Uh, but I'm excited for what we're going to be able to do with War Room. As I said, continue to subscribe to Steel Curtain Network. It's going to stay out as it always has um, across the channels that you can currently subscribe to. But you will be able to find the new home of War Room and Steelers Touchdown Under at Steelers TDU on, on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, and then on uh, YouTube, it will be Steelers Touchdown Under. You can also type in TDU um, around around the word Steelers Touchdown Under. That should bring it up. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, great. Please do. Um, and yeah, apart from that, as always, go Steelers. Go Steelers.